Welcome to the Restless Hearts Podcast, a podcast dedicated to spiritual reflections and conversations about our journey together as human beings. I'm Father Ray DeLugos, an Augustinian friar serving at Merrimack College as the Vice President for Mission and Ministry. This episode of the Restless Hearts Podcast includes the proclamation of the Gospel and my homily for the fourth Sunday of Lent on March 27, 2022. You can view that full Liturgy of the Word for this Sunday under Daily Readings at usccb.org. My sisters and brothers, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus. But the scribe, the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them, Jesus addressed this parable. A man had two sons. And the younger son said to his father, Father, give me the share of your estate that should come to me. So the father divided the property between them. After a few days, the younger son collected all his belongings and set off to a distant country where he squandered his his inheritance on a life of dissipation. When he had freely spent everything, a severe famine struck that country, and he found himself in dire need. So he hired himself out to one of the local citizens, who sent him to his farm to tend the swine. And he longed to eat his fill of the pods on which the swine fed, but nobody gave him any. Coming to his senses, he thought, how many of my father's hired workers have more than enough to eat, but here am I dying of hunger. I shall get up and go to my father and I shall say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would treat one of your hired workers. So he got up and went back to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But his father ordered his servants, Quickly, bring the finest robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Take the fattened calf and slaughter it. Then let us celebrate with a feast because the son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Then the celebration began. Now the older son had been out in the field and on his way back as he neared the house, he heard the sound of music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what this might mean. The servant said to him, Your brother has returned and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. He became angry and when he refused to enter the house, his father came out and pleaded with him. He said to his father in reply, look, all these years I served you and not once did I disobey your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. But when your son returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes, for him you slaughtered the fattened calf. 
He said to him, my son, you are here with me always. And everything I have is yours. But now we must celebrate and rejoice. Because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus has moved the center, changed the place where those in, who are in are, and therefore he's changed those who are on the margins. Instead of the scribes and Pharisees being the center of everything, Jesus has turned to the tax collectors and sinners those who have not been welcomed in the center of things at all, not welcomed inside the door. And to them, he is offering the word of the reign of God. And he's discombobulated the scribes and Pharisees who can't figure out what happened. We're the ones who are supposed to be in the center of things. He should be with us. He should be inviting them to change their lives so that they can become like us. And in reply, Jesus essentially invites them in. You're more than welcome to be with me. But to be with me means you be with all those others whom I'm welcoming to be with me. And they're not sure what to do. In reply to their complaints, he tells them this parable, perhaps his most famous parable. Often it's called the parable of the prodigal son. After how the son who got the inheritance wasted it all, just threw it all away, lost it, lavished it. Other times people call it the parable of the prodigal father. Identifying the father as someone who was reckless with his wealth, just giving it to his son. Probably knowing full well that the son was not going to be responsible to take care of it well. And it may do him great harm. Sometimes it's called the parable of the lost son. Again, talking about that younger son who left and then had to find his way home. And still others get a little closer to the mark, I think. When they call it the parable of the lost sons. Noticing that neither of these two sons has found his way home even though one left and the other stayed. But I'd like to suggest that perhaps this should be called the parable of the lost family because everybody in this story is lost and looking to be found. Now, there are a couple of things about this family that make them very different than maybe most of our families. First of all, they have a lot more wealth. They've got a lot. This is a rich family. Second of all, it always puzzles me, there are no women in this story. It's just fathers and sons and brothers. But transcending from those differences, this lost family just might be demonstrating and showing and revealing to us things that happen in almost every family that cause us to get lost and to separate from one another. 
somehow, somehow families just can't figure out how not to hear expectations of conditional love, even if they're never spoken. Somehow families can't ever quite say clearly and loudly so that we hear it in the depths of our heart that we are cherished by each other and loved and that everything we have is everyone's. Somehow or another, families keep missing the mark as we try to measure up, try to be included, try to be part of things. And I think it's an almost universal experience that everyone somehow thinks everyone else belongs here, but I don't. And I certainly think this was going on among this father and these two sons in this parable of a family that Jesus gives. Somehow the younger son seemed to have figured out that he was never going to meet what he perceived to be his father's expectations. He was never going to be like his older brother. And he never wanted to be that. And so he bought a ticket out of town to go and find himself, to go someplace where he could be free of the expectations of others that he could not meet. And it didn't end well. Meanwhile, the older brother stays home and tries to find his place there by duty and obligation and obedience, trying to belong by doing everything his father asks of him, and yet inside is bristling with anger and resentment, because no matter how hard he tries, he doesn't experience what he's longing for, love and acceptance for who he truly is, the chance to experience his own desires and to be his own person. But he slogs on hoping. I'm not sure hoping for what? Maybe when my father dies, I'll get everything I need. But he's not at home, even though he's never left. Of course, the story opens up some hope, some great hope. When the community, the barriers to communication are broken down and the younger son and the father can hear each other tell each other the truth. It happens when the broken starving body of the son with a totally broken spirit meets his father's completely shattered and broken heart. And from all that brokenness, they express their love for each other their desire to be family, their desire to have each other home. And then there's the imperative. From the brokenness, truth is spoken and love is present. We must celebrate and rejoice. But we're not sure if this parable really has a happy ending because the elder son Still can't hear, it seems. His father sits with him. His father perhaps freed from the experience of being able to speak the truth to his younger son and have that truth finally received and heard. And the younger son finally able to know that it is he himself, not who 
what he's supposed to do or how good he is or obedient is. But he himself is love. The father has to try to speak that same truth to the older brother who is still furious with anger, resentment, rage. And we're still not sure whether or not the elder brother could hear his father's love, receive his father's acceptance, allow his father set him free from his self-imposed slavery to try to win and earn love that had always, always been there. We don't know if there's a happy ending. And that's the way Jesus tells his parables. So that we can put ourselves in the ending. And the beginning in the middle. Perhaps our families might need that work. Perhaps ourselves in relationship to the rest of the world needs that work. Perhaps lots of us are struggling with the idea that we do not meet anybody's expectations. And if only we could get away far enough, we could be ourselves, except we bring bringing ourselves and our distorted understanding of expectations with us. And maybe we need for happy endings to have hungry, broken bodies and shattered, broken spirits meet the truly shattered, broken heart of the God who wants nothing but to embrace us and love us and delight in us so that we can finally hear that we are indeed God's beloved children in whom God is well-pleased and exquisitely delighted. And no matter how hard we try, there's nothing we can do to change that.